Welcome to the Moment of Truth Bible Baptist Church podcast, where we're listening to sermons from our pastor, Philip Coons. This week's sermon, American Idol Worship, which was preached on August the 1st of 2021. We, of course, invite you to visit us here at the Moment of Truth Bible Baptist Church. We are at 310 Randolph Road here in Kansas City, Missouri. We're just outside Clay Como. So come on by and say hi. And now, here's our pastor, Philip Coons. Let's now all turn to the book of Psalm, or Psalms, I should say, to Psalm 135. We're just going to read verses 15 through 18. And as we read Psalm 135, 15 through 18, if we could please stand to honor the reading of his word, it would be appreciated. And it says... In Psalm 135, 15 through 18, the idols of the nations are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but do not speak. They have eyes, but do not see. They have ears, but do not hear. Neither is there any breath in the mouths, in their mouths. Those who make them are like them. So is everyone who trusts in them. God bless and honor the ring of his word, and you may be seated. About 20 years ago or so, actually it's 19 years ago, but about 20 years ago, a show called American Idol started up. Maybe you've heard of it. American Idol, I'm sure you've seen it's about singers and all, and some of those singers became idols. I'm not going to mention any of them. I don't really care about the show. I mean, I don't have anything against it, but it's not my thing. But there are a lot of idols who came from it. And by idols, I'm talking not literally, but the word gets changed sometimes, the meaning thereof, uh, at least to the Americans. And some are not idols. Some of them were people who I made fun of and things like that. Uh, maybe you watched it. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you heard of them. Maybe you haven't. Maybe you know mostly about the the, the people who are on their uh, uh Simon, maybe you know Simon, who liked to mock people and all that stuff, but I kind of like the guy. Anyway, the, the, I never really watched it much. I saw a little bit of it because of other people I knew who watched it. But all that being said, American Idol, this is what people do. But a lot of times when people idol, they don't know the definition thereof, especially when it comes to biblical definition thereof. And so let's take a look at the word idol, or at least idolatry. And uh, looking, and this is from the dictionary, by the way, Idolatry means worship of idols. But then when it goes a little further, it takes it a little more beyond that. And it says, and this goes right along with the idols or idolatry, worship of idols. It says extreme admiration, love, reverence for something or someone. Now that goes a little beyond just the idolization in which we see in the Bible, or at least idolatry, what we see in the Bible, it doesn't it. Now, I have the people that I like and that I admire and all that. I don't think of them as idols necessarily, but that's at least not what talks about it. But I've had my share. That's why I'm wearing a hole and tie also because I wasn't able to wear it earlier. But that being said, I'm wearing that because I, I had my uh, quote unquote idol, if you put it to that direction. We'll talk about that in a minute. But when the Bible talks about idols, there's a reason for that. We'll talk about that in a second, except to say this. The title of today's sermon is American Idol Worship. American idol worship. Now, I mentioned once before some of the quote-unquote heroes that I've had before. I mentioned Hulk Hogan. I mentioned Superman. I've got some of that on here today. 
I've mentioned others that I liked growing up, Mickey Mouse being one of them. I mentioned Captain Kirk and others, you know, Don Knotts, Barney Fife, whatever you want. I mentioned some of these people. The fact of the matter is, uh, people have what they like, their favorites and their non-favorites, you know, people that, as a kid, though, you don't have, I dislike them. I hate to say this now because I don't like the word. But when you're a kid, you either you love it or you hate it. You know, I love that or I hate that. <laughs> there goes with foods, too. You love it or you hate it. But either way, in this case, in Cajun, there's a lot of people who have idols and they may not even realize it, but maybe not in the way that they think. In the Bible, when it talks about idols, it's talking about paganism. It's talking about paganism. And there was a whole bunch. They were talking about uh, paganism and pagan deities. In other words, false gods. There were statues and the Bible had, you know, and even in this world, not, not even necessarily in the Bible days, because some of these places I'm going to mention weren't around in the Bible days, but they've all had them. They've had paganism. They've had uh, oodles and oodles of false gods. We're going to get into some of these. Egypt had them, China, Japan, Ireland, Greece, Rome, Babylon. Babylon would take on other people's idols. And they would use them. They would put them all like a uh, a whole uh, bunch. And they, well, I know what we're going to do. We're going to mix them together. We're going to have a, a smorgasbord of, of false gods. We'll put them together. Whatever people like, that's what we'll do. The, uh, the lowercase g's, and we'll use them. And Greece had a ton, and, you know, that's what they would do. And on and on and on. But today it's more about idolization. And yes, here in America too. But in America, we were founded on the gospel. And I realize that we've had people who don't want to claim that. We talked about it recently. One of our, I'll just say ex-president, you know, past presidents, uh, he said we are not a Christian nation. He's a liar. What? You're saying a president was a liar? Yeah. But the fact is, I, maybe I shouldn't say that. Maybe I should say he was incorrect. But I'll say both in this case. He's wrong. He's wrong. We were founded on the gospel. We were founded on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Go back in time, you'll see. We were founded on the gospel of Jesus Christ. But this must be, it's interesting to me, Christianity seems to be about the only religion, at least here in America, that it's okay to disrespect and threaten. It seems about, it's just about the only thing that you can do that, do. But you can mock it and make fun of it. It says in 1 Corinthians 10, 7, though, neither be idolaters, as were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to rebel. The fact is, is at one point in time, False gods were from everywhere. And there were. There were false gods everywhere. They had little statues. I got a little statue upstairs of what false goddesses, because uh, I was showing the kids at Bible school what they once had. We were talking about Babylon. And I was showing the false, it's technically from uh, Ephesus, this little false goddess. Oh, what, Pastor, you mean you're bound down? No, no, no. Let's not get this misunderstood. I was showing them what people of other, and this is my father actually about this, but I was showing them what people across the world once believed to be a God. But folks, they didn't believe this to be a statue of a God. They believed this, you're saying, but wait a minute, you know, there, there are some Christians who believe if you have a statue of Jesus, that's like having an a, uh, uh, engraven image. No, 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 no. Not what it means. There are people who actually believe that when you have an engraved image of Jesus, that that's like having a false God, like they had, they talked about in the Bible. That's not what that means. Let me talk to you about this for a minute. Back then, they actually believed that the little engraved image was that God. They believed that you were taking that little God home, or at least a part of that God home. Now, I don't know how they thought that worked, but they actually thought that that little God had power. 
and it'd be over you and it's watching over you. And we'll talk about some of this. But we're not to have those types of things and idolizations of those things. So is it okay that your pastor has a, a, a little cedar Jesus Christ in his home, in his uh, office there? Sure. I don't think of it as a God. I'm not bowing down to it. We have a little crosses in here. Are we bowing down to them? No, they're not little gods. We don't think of this as a God. It's not a God. We don't have a little God of a cross on our, not at all. But people a lot of times do. And let's look what the Bible says about this. First of all, let's take a look that there are false gods from everywhere. We're just going to mention a few. You've heard of Ra. You've heard of Sebek, of Baal, uh, which is basically the name for just a false god. They talked about that in Israel. Uh, Bestet, Horus, uh, Hadad, Marduk. And there's so many others. I'm not going to go through them all. But I will tell you this. I want to mention two in particular. Two in particular false gods. And here's the reason. There's one from Egypt and one from Babylon. And I only want to mention these two false gods for one reason. Because if you know the name of these two false gods, it kind of sums up all the little g false gods together. One from Egypt is called Nut. And the other one from Babylon is called Sin. I kid you not, S-I-N. Now, I may be pronounced differently in other places. I don't know and I don't care. It's S-I-N. So if you take all the people worshiping false gods, it takes a nut to do such a thing. And to worship false gods, it's a sin. So... I think it's important to know that those names are appropriate. Anyway, all that being said, there are commandments against this, such things. The first two commandments that the Lord gave, commandment, no other gods before me, because they came from Egypt. And he knew, the Lord knew about Ra. He knew about Sebek and Bastet. And I've actually had people say, because God was afraid of the, talking about the Lord God. No, Yahweh wasn't afraid. He knew it was nonsense. But he also knew that in people's minds, in their minds, when they hear these things, that Satan knows how to manipulate. He did it from the get-go with Adam and Eve. So the first commandment is, no other gods before me. And that is in Exodus 20, verse 3. You shall have no other gods before me. And, and the second one is in verse 4. You shall make, no, make for yourself no graven idol. That's the second commandment. And it goes on from there, and it says all sorts of things with that. No graven idol or any likeness of anything that is in heaven or above or that is in the earth beneath or is that in the water below the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers of the children to the third or fourth generation of them who hate me and showing loving kindness to thousands of them who love me and keep my commandments. Now, we all have pastimes and desires, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with having pastimes and desires and jobs and talents, and there's nothing wrong with that. And entertainments, it's fine. And you know, we all have that. However, never, ever, ever should anything, I mean anything, anything ever come before God. You know, the NFL is going to be starting up uh, this upcoming month. As August is beginning, we have... Preseason. I'm assuming they're going to have it this year. There's nothing wrong with liking things. And I know people who like it and I like it too. But here's the thing. Nothing, nothing, nothing should ever become before God. Because when you put things before the Lord God, they become idols and false gods. You may say, Pastor, that's not the same thing. Yes, it is. It is. They become idols. And folks, I'm talking even our spouses. I'm talking even our family. 
Nothing should become before God. They should never come before God because they can become idols. Even those who sometimes are patriotic. I'm a patriotic man, if you can't tell by looking at me wearing a flag. But the fact of the matter is, America will never come before the Lord God to me. Never. Ever. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'll never come before the Lord to me. People say, what if they ever make it a law to, to not serve the Lord God? Well, I'm a Christian American. In other words, I'm a Christian first because the Lord God will always come before the red, white, and blue. The red, the red of Jesus Christ made me white. In other words, I'm not talking race. I'm talking about the fact of white as snow, pure from the sins. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking anti-America here, but I'm talking pro-Christ. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. God has to always come first. It says in Matthew 6, 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be given to you or added to you. So some versions say Luke 14, 33. So likewise, any of you who does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. Now, keep in mind, don't take this out of context. He was talking to those disciples then who had to leave everything behind and follow him, leaving his family, those other things. He didn't mean literally leave everything, but we're not to put things before him. He says, on 10, 7, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they know me and they follow me. That's what he said. Now, some say I love Jesus, but I have to put others first. That's what God wants. This is what others say. I have to put my family first. That's what God wants for me. They, they act as if that's what God expects, to put the families first, to put the job first, to put the other things first. what God wants for me. Folks, that's not biblical. It's not. In fact, I, I can prove that to you. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 10, 37 through 39. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. And he who loves, uh, loses his life for my sake will find it. Now, does he literally mean to leave your family? No. But what he does mean is not to put them first. We're not to put people before the Lord. I had been in positions uh, a long time ago. Now, we're not talking to never talk to people, of course. But I was put in a position earlier in my life. Or someone had said to me, who I loved at the time, and said to me that I should never uh, put the Lord before them. <laughs> that was foolish. Of course I had to put the Lord before them. That was foolish. I have to put the Lord first. Not just because I'm a pastor, by the way, but because I'm a Christian. Christ has to come first. That's how it has to be. Now, this to be not taken out of context either. This doesn't mean that you're to live like a monk to throw people out of your life, you do need to treat them with love and compassion. But at the same time, at the same time, we're not to do unbiblical things. Not to do unbiblical things, putting the family before the Lord and say, well, you know, hey, not to do that. Now, let, let's talk here about what the Bible says. We're talking spiritual talk. Now, some of the things in the, in the Bible, and we're talking spiritual talk here, some of these things uh, are figurative. Some things in the Bible are figurative. Some are literal. Some are spiritual artistry. In other words, illustrations. Now, I want to explain this to you. Because as we go in a little further today, as we go a little further, some people take things out of context. They really do. Just like we just mentioned, the family and, and all that. 
There are some people who, because Jesus said to the disciples, to the apostles, to you have to leave, take up a cross and follow me. They literally think it means never see your family again or to leave mom and dad and never talk to them again. Actually, it was talking about getting married. It was talking about getting to know them uh, physically. And, uh, you know, the thing is, is that doesn't mean you never talk to your mom and daddy ever again. Now, that's unrealistic. But it was it was speaking in a figurative or an illustration. It wasn't speaking literally. Let's talk a little here, though. It says in Colossians 3, 2, sets your affection on the things above, not on the things of the earth. This means that we are to put our mind on the Lord God or to put our mind on heaven. Not on the things of this world, the things of, of Satan. We're not to do that because you say, but they're not all satanic. We're not talking about Satan worship here, but the things of the world, we're talking about the things of the flesh. We've got to be very careful. And you know what's really difficult is there is a battle going on. There's a battle of our flesh. We've got to be careful. In 1 Corinthians 10, 14 through 21, it says, So my beloved, flee from idolatry. I speak to you as wise men. Judge for yourself what I say. Says the cup of of blessing, this is Paul speaking, the cup of, of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we being many are one bread and one body, for we are all partakers of that one bread. Consider Israel after the flesh. Are not those who eat of the sacrifices partakers of the altar? What am I saying then? That the idol is anything or that which is offered is sacrificed to idols is anything? But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. I do not want you to have fellowship with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table the table of demons. And so I say this to you. We must be careful. We must be careful. Because there are idols here in America. There are people who have idols here. We must be careful that we are not having to do with the idols here. Now, there are many religions going on. Many religions that deal with idol worship. They really do. And I'm not going to get into all that, but there are idols even in our own lives that we need to be careful of. People are idolizing themselves. Self-worship. Little false gods. Little, I'm talking about little G. Still little false gods. This is what the Bible says in Colossians 3, 5. Listen to this. Therefore, put to death the parts of your early earthly nature, sexual immorality, uncleanness, inordinate affection, which means impure affection, by the way, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. We're not to covet. All those things is idolatry. Listen to this in Galatians 5, 19 through 21. Now, the, these are all the same author, by the way. We're talking about Paul. It says, now the works of the flesh are revealed, which are these. Adultery, sexual immorality, impurity, lewdness, idolatry, Sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, rage, selfishness, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. I warn you, as I previously warned you, that those who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. 
Now, we're not talking about losing salvation. We're talking about those people who are taking those things up and not taking up the way of the Lord and following God. Instead, people are making idols of themselves. This is what people are doing. Galatians 4, 8 through 9 says this. So this is a little bit before that. Previously, when you did not know God, talking about when they were lost, when you did not know God, you served those who by nature are not gods, a little g, are not gods. But now, after you have known God, or rather are known by God, how do you turn again to the weak and beggarly, in other words, pitiful, elemental forces to which you desire again to be in bondage? So people were turning back to the ways of the little gods, the idols. Many people, Christians even, are going to the way of idolization. And I've seen it so many times nowadays. God loves me. God wants to make me all sorts of things. God loves me the way I am. They're idolizing themselves. This is such a horrible thing. I see it all the time. I see it on, on uh, out there in the world. I see it not just people I talk to, but I see it uh, on social media. I see it all the time. People saying, God wants me to be this way and that way. And I saw some things even recently that made me sick to my stomach. Made me sick to my stomach. Believe it or not, there are some Christians, and I don't know about their salvation. That's between them and the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not the Lord. I don't know if they know God. I don't judge people who think the world is flat. I think it's stupid, but I don't judge them. People who think the world is flat because they misread the scripture. If people take everything literal, then they think it also has four corners like sheets. I think it's very stupid. And I do. But I'm not going to say they don't know the Lord. I just think that they're illiterate. But here's the thing. There are some of these Christians out there who literally think that God wants us to be little gods. Can you believe that? They think that God wants us to be little G gods. Now, I'll just tell you God's honest truth. I think that's absolute blasphemy. It's absolute blasphemy to call yourself a God. When I see Christians saying that we're to be little gods, it's blasphemy. If you start to compare yourself to God, you're making yourself out to be godlike. You're idolizing yourself. And we need to be careful not to do that. You talk about selfish. God says there is no other God. He says there is no other God. There's none other like me, he says. He says this over and over again. But there's Christians out there who believe that. I have someone trying to argue with me. I say, I'm not here to argue with you. But you're not a God. And I know the scriptures they misquote. I know. They brought it before me, and I'll quote them to you so you hear them. Psalm 82. Which, by the way, psalm is a song. And if you take every song verbatim as fact, then you got to know when to hold them. You got to know when to fold them. You got to know when to walk away, know when to run. I'm not running. I got bad knees. Okay, so I'm just saying that just because it's in a song doesn't make it factual. Okay? Just because a song's in the Bible doesn't mean that it's literal. As I said earlier, not everything is literal. Some things are illustrations. Some things are not to be taken as literal, but figurative okay so when this says that just remember that i have said this is the guy right here i have said you are god's lowercase g sons of the most high all of you but you all shall die like men and fall like a man O princes now this is spiritual talk figurative illustration now if we're going to take everything that's said like that in psalms as factual that means you're all sheep if we're going to take everything as figurative that's said in the Bible, then Jesus also says, sheep, take up the cross. Sheep, 
No, we're not to take everything literal. Some things are figurative. Figurative. Not literal. But that being said, we need to remember this. John 15, 4 through 5. Remain in me as I also remain in you. As the branches cannot be, uh, bear fruit by itself unless it remains in the vine. Neither can you unless you remain in me. And this is what I want to say to people who idolize themselves. He said this. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Nothing. Nothing without the Lord God. Revelations 2, 4. It says this to one of the places there. But I have something against you that you have abandoned the love you had at first. We're not to abandon our love to the Lord God. Matthew 15, verse 8. These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Jesus said this. We are not just to speak. You've heard the saying, talk a big talk, not walk a big walk. Well, folks, we are to show people by our actions. I've said it many times, by our actions, we are what? Known. And I'm not talking about showing off. I'm not. I'm talking about living for the Lord. That's what I'm talking about doing. Living for the Lord. But we are not to idolize the things around us. Not idolizing ourselves. Not to idolize yourself. No. Not at all. And we're not to make gods of ourselves, not whatsoever. You know, someone did that in the Bible. <laughs> a lot of people, let's be honest. But last week I mentioned King Nebuchadnezzar, and he made a golden image of himself. You remember that? He made a golden image. He had an ego problem. And I won't go into reading all of it, but I'll tell you this. He had a, uh, he had a dream shortly after. He had a dream and he thought he was wonderful stuff. And in this dream, he had a dream of this tree. In this tree, there's great big branches, seven big branches of fruits and things growing. I won't say vegetables. I won't say vegetables because that's just, you know, habit. But fruits were growing and this angel come to speak to him. And these birds were eating from the fruits and everything. And the angel said, cut that tree down. And so he did. I won't go in the whole dream except to say that while he did that, the tree went to grow him back again, and he didn't understand what it meant. So he called Daniel, and Daniel, this is from Daniel chapter 4, by the way, when it grew back, he, he couldn't understand what the dream meant. So he called Daniel, and Daniel told him what the dream meant. And Daniel said to him, he said, King, this, by the way, just shortly after the whole situation with, with the whole golden image that he made and had uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you remember, had it thrown into the fiery furnace. And he, you would have thought, because he now said, you all need to worship the Lord God. You would have thought he'd learned, but he hadn't. Daniel said, here's what it is, king. Here's what it is. You have more than anyone else. You have an ego, though. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing, of course. Don't go looking for the word ego in the Bible. He said that you have pride. You've built yourself up and you think yourself to be higher than the Lord God. Until you come to know that God is more than you. You're going to fall down in exactly 12 months time a year. You're going to walk around and think yourself higher than the Lord, but then you're going to fall down and you're going to go crazy. Basically, I'm like I said, paraphrasing, 
You're going to go live amongst the animals for a whole year, seven years. And for seven years, you're going to live amongst the animals until you call upon the Lord and say that the Lord is higher than you. And he said, oh, OK, well, exactly 12 months go by and he's walking around up above the kingdom, walking on the roof. And he's looking around saying, look how much I have built. I'm so much greater than everything. Oh, I have it all. And all of a sudden, snap, he went nuts. Nuttier than a pet coon. And he went out and lived amongst the raccoons and things. He went out and lived in the wilderness amongst the animals. Just like I said, long hair like feathers, they said, like, like feathers of the birds. He had long fingernails like claws. He lived out there and the rain was coming down upon him. They said he lived out there eating amongst themselves, amongst the animals and, and living amongst under the trees and all. Just like the dreamer said, just like Daniel told him. Seven whole years, nuts, didn't know anything. But when the rain was come down, he looked up and he said to the Lord, I am lower than you. You're higher than me. Nothing is above you in his mind. And when he said that, boom, he came back to Sandy, went back, became king. And he had better than ever before because he put the Lord above him. And Nebuchadnezzar never went back to being crazy. Never went back to being crazy and make himself an idol. And I'm talking in his head, in his heart. Because you see, folks, this is what the problem is with America. This is what the problem is with many Christians. This is what the problem is with many of us right now. We have made ourselves idols. And when we look at the Bible and we see the Bible talk about idols, we think of the little wooden things. And people will sometimes even say we shouldn't have crosses. Some people say, oh, we shouldn't have figures. We shouldn't have these things. That's idolization. But the fact of the matter is, is many times people make idols out of ourselves. We shouldn't have anything that we put before the Lord. And it's not so much what you have here, but what you have here, what you have here. We need to make sure that God is the first thing that we place in our hearts, that we place in our minds, what we place in our souls. God is to be our God in life, always. And if we have anything that we place before the Lord, we need to bring it before him. It can't be football. It can't be toys. It can't be games. It can't be our wives. It can't be our husbands. It can't be our families. It can't be anything because God is to be our God Always, not just on Sunday mornings, not just Sunday nights, not just Wednesdays, not just when before we eat and say amen. It needs to be always or those things become our God and they become our idols and we need to work on that. God is to be our God and there's be no other. As it says in Romans eleven thirty six four, it says this, for from him, and through him and to him are all things, and to him be glory forever. Amen. Oh, I love that verse. Almost hard to say, but I love it. I'll say it again. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Almost sounds like a rap. Romans eleven thirty six. I don't worry. I'm not going to rap it. No, not going to do it. <laughs> Everything after God, everything, everything after God. We must reevaluate. We must reevaluate our necessities. Reevaluate our necessities. Even our jobs and everything else, if we're putting it before God, it must be reevaluated. The things that we 
think of as necessity, you must reevaluate that. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. This is what Jesus said in Mark 12, 30 and in other places. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your mind and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. Proverbs 3, 6 says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. As we go on today and through our lives, I know it's heavy to think about idolization. And this doesn't mean that you can't have things you like and enjoy. It doesn't mean that. And I must admit, I've, I looked at a few things in my life. I had to look at a few things. You know, so I'm sitting here wearing Hulk Hogan and Superman and Mickey Mouse. And all these other things in my life that I enjoy. It's okay to enjoy things. It really is. And some people take that to an extreme of enjoying things, football or whatever. It's okay to enjoy it. But if it ever comes before the Lord, you need to reevaluate. And by the way, I hate to tell you this about me. There's times I have put things for the Lord. There's times that Mickey Mouse, not so much. But football, at one point in time, I would miss Sunday night at times. Joe Montana, at one point in time, was an idolization, if you will. I did at one point in time miss Sunday night because I could not miss the last of the game. <laughs> oh, don't worry, I showed up for the last five minutes of the church because <laughs> that made it all right. No, it didn't. It didn't. And I did that more than once. I'm ashamed. But the Lord, through grace, helped me to see it. Amen. The last thing I'll read to you is this. 1 John 5, 18 through 21. We know that whoever is born of God does not keep on sinning. But whoever has been born of God guards himself. And the wicked one cannot touch him. We know that we are of God and the whole world lies in wickedness. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true and we are in him who is true, his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen and amen. Let's bow in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father, Lord God, I thank you for being so understanding. I pray that you'll help us to see that if we have put anything, and I mean anything before you, that this day you'll help us to get that idolization out of our lives and make you our true God again. I pray if there be anyone who's making anything an idol before you, that you will make it clear and that we will be able to clear it away from our lives. Lord God, I pray that there'll be understanding in this, that there's nothing wrong with loving our families, nothing wrong with having fun, nothing wrong with enjoying things, as long as they never, ever come before you. Lord God, I pray that you will help us to always worship you, put you first. And Lord, I pray for those right now who are seeking for you and who need you so very much. I pray this in your holy and precious name. Amen and amen.